Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the event yesterday, uh, with the video leaking, um, there's a there is a a um huge embarrassment that comes with that not not only for myself as 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 I was the one that committed the action the embarrassment that comes for me uh, is what it is and that's something that I have to deal with but the embarrassment uh that Jordan has to deal with and that this team has to deal with that this organization has to deal with but also uh Jordan's family you know uh his family saw that video um his mother, his father saw that video. And quite frankly, if, if my mother saw that video, I know how my mother would feel. I know what her next, I know what her reaction would be and I know what her next step would be. And so for that, I apologize to his mother and his father and you know his family, his friends uh, that care for him. Hello and welcome to Take Line. I am your host, Jason Concepcion, and with me once again is the great Jamel Johnson of the Airbuds podcast, of the Sorry We Love Football podcast, one of the greatest to ever do it. We'll also be joined by uh, Anthony Slater, a Warriors insider for The Athletic, to help us unpack all the things going on with Draymond Green. Absolutely molly-whopping Jordan Poole in the face. Plus, we're going to talk about the fucking Mets. We're going to talk about the EPL. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Jamel, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing so good. Come on, you podcast listeners. The Let's Gunners go. And the Mariners, too. I can't believe the Mariners are in the playoffs and winning games. It's been an entire lifetime for many people. Like, there are people alive right now who are like, wow, the fucking Mariners. Big ups to Sir Mix a lot. Uh, big ups to that <laughs> old um, the Game Boy Advance ad that they used to have on the backstop in Japanese. One of my favorite things about baseball. And shout out to you, the listener. Yes, listeners, thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit right now. Also, like let me just say, fucking Julio Rodriguez. He's like eight months old. The last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, <laughs> and that's why it's working. Well, another wonderful uh, weekend in the Premier League, hmm. Jamel. I uh, I woke up to Liverpool versus Liverpool at Arsenal, and the reason I woke up to it is I heard my neighbor screaming, and I know they're a Liverpool fan. And then I was like, "Oh shit, the match!" And I turned it on, and we had scored already. I love it. Love to see it. Arsenal three two over the vaunted Liverpool FC. A huge win. Huge win. Have you seen it before? When is the last time we've beat Liverpool and you saw it? It's been a second. I'm trying to think. Like, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's an absolutely a huge, a huge victory keeps keeps us on the top of the table where, listen, we haven't played Man City yet and they have a cyborg uh, as a striker. Yeah. But you just, man, uh, the, the, 
the grit, the courage, as Arteta would say, the passion guys. <laughs> Martinelli tearing down the left wing. You absolutely love to see it. When I watch it, it feels like something's wrong with me. It feels like there's a brain tumor that's forming in my head. Why is my team playing good? I mean, I might be wrong about this, but I can't remember the last time we had the kind of like depth in the back. Saliba is, it's crazy to say this, like one of the best, if not the best young center back, like in Europe. Ben White is solid. Tomiyasu, it's like when he, when Tomiyasu plays, I'm like, fucking, he could start. Like he could play every day. Uh, Zinchenko is like, it, it can play all over the left side and in the midfield. It's it like, we've never had this kind of depth. It's great. Gabrielle, we have two Gabrielles. It's like, you know, like. It gets a little confusing. Yeah. It's, it's totally like, oh, both great. of them are doing well. Yeah. At first, I thought it was a flash in the pan. I thought you guys were going to get off to a good start, run into some good opponents in bad form. But it, it, this genuinely looks sustainable. Like, top four looks like something that is completely attainable for Arsenal. They're contending for the top of the league. That was week 10. So this is not a small sample size anymore. One more week and we'll be talking about a third of the season. It feels like top four just should. It, it, it's a, it would be disastrous if they don't get it. Um, that said, I mean, winning the league, obviously, it's too early. It's October to be I'm putting 50 on us winning the league. I don't no, care. No, I want to no. birth. The money is, is the burning thing. a hole in my pocket. I'm going to do it. I'm happy I might to take, put money on it. Happy to take your money. All right. Um, <laughs> I will take that. And I don't care if the penalty was weak. I don't care if it was weak. But, but you know that it was. I don't care. No. See, okay. <laughs> they so counted it. Here's the thing about that penalty. Coming off the end of the Wenger era, the Emery era, that is a penalty that has gone against that kind of penalty that's like by the book but also like a little soft considering the magnitude of the game. That is a penalty that has gone against us so many times, and I'm happy to take it this time. I'm happy to take it. That's, That's a professional scorer in there. Gabriel Jesus d doing what he does. He felt that contact, and he went down like he got shot. <laughs> it's the facial expressions for me, guys. It's, it's the automatic activation of just like egregious, overwhelming pain. It's a skill. Yes, it is. I'm it tired is. of it's it. It's a skill. Once he felt homie's boot touch his shoelace, it didn't even <laughs> connect with his actual body. Once the little bit of friction hit his shoelace, he knew. Like he, he guided his foot upward. I'm looking at it now. I mean, did you have to, <laughs> did you have to like make contact with the guy's leg, actually? I guess that's not. He kicked I mean, he's that's hard. Like, by the books, that's yeah. a penalty. I don't that's disagree. That's a penalty. I don't disagree. The issue is where people will take exception to it is that it's a huge game for for both teams. Arsenal to stay up, Liverpool to just kind of get going. They're in tenth place right now with with ten points in the league. Yeah. Certainly, they can't. They're they're any hope they have of winning the league is absolutely gone right now. And the truth of the game, it felt like a hard earned point for each side is would have been most representative an outcome. So for it to be decided in either direction by such a soft decision is just a disappointing end to a, what was a really, really good match. One of the best of the season so far. That said, keep it tight in the box. Keep it mm. tight. Yeah, exactly. That sequence was crazy. And I'll say one other thing. Martinelli, when's the last time you saw Trent Alexander-Arnold get yanked at halftime? That's true. 
Martinelli did that. Martinelli was running my man. That's courage. So hard. So fucking hard that Klopp was like, yo, you got to come off. I'm sorry. You're really good, but you got to come off. That That is telling. I'll give you that. They deserve the win. Much respect to Arsenal. Keep it going. I'm looking at the bottom of the table. Leicester City, Nottingham Forest. Any of the teams you guys like watching or any of the worst teams? I mean, Leicester, I feel like, is the team that could crawl out of here, right? I enjoy watching Leicester and yeah. Crystal Palace games just because they're the two teams in the league that, like, no matter how good you are, they will throw a wrench into your shit with no apologies. Yeah, they got talent, and, and you catch them on the right day, and they can hurt you. Nottingham Forest, I was delighted to see them come up. They're, you know, like a historic team, and yeah. I just love the tree. It's yeah. fun to look at, <laughs> but uh, they are Robin terrible. Hood used to play for them. Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Like, you want to talk about talent? He was left back for them. <laughs> Little John, they had Little John in the defense. <laughs> it made Marion in the midfield. I'll tell you one thing looking at this that uh, that I'm I'm worried about is Newcastle, man, that money worked quick. They're in sixth. They're challenging for a for a Champions League place right now. Yeah, they're already in Europa League position. I don't like this. As long as they have Miguel Almiron, I'm in. As long as there's some MLS <laughs> right. representation, United. I, I respect it. Ryan, uh, your Man City continues to roll. Your thoughts? You know, another weekend, another win. Unfortunately, all they keep putting these games in the earlier slots, like the afternoon slots for the UK, and so very early for us on the West Coast. So it's like I, I'll wake up at seven o'clock on a Saturday and like have to make a choice on whether I'm going to get the sleep that I want on my only day off or if I'm just going to go onto the couch and turn the TV on and get started with the supporting. I supported this weekend and I'm glad I did. Watching Holland score goals is fun, but also watching the teams like the other strikers, the other attacking members of Man City get their burn. Like it concerns me when Holland is all of the scoring. I just want everyone to stay why? sharp. Why does, because, it, why does it? Because I don't want to bottleneck my this, own. This I don't guy. want my own offense to bottleneck itself. I enjoy. I, look, he's going to set all the records, but I would also love to see him grab some assists and just make the Man City machine that much more dangerous because you don't know where it's going to come from. Like if you try to collapse on Holland and then he all of a sudden just deftly passes to the left, he can get Phil Foden a hat trick pretty easily. Yeah. So like I want to see that type of activity as well. It's a scary squad. All over the pitch. It's a scary squad. Okay. And so. honestly, this is the only this is the only critiquing I have left, Jason. Like they're so good that like what else am I supposed to say? Twenty three points in nine games, zero losses. The last undefeated. Where does the loss, if it comes, come? Here's your next several league games. Uh Liverpool. Next week. Why why would I believe uh, that's gonna happen? No. <laughs> okay. Arsenal. TBD, it's been rescheduled. Right, it's, it's going to be rescheduled, but that's the one that's circled for me. Like, I'm very excited for that game. It's a big test for Arsenal, I think, much more so than Man City. But for Man City, this is this is a chance to put a put a challenger in their place. But otherwise, I would say those are the two, right? Right, because then you got Brighton. That's no. a walk. Leicester, <laughs> no. don't worry about it. Fulham, <laughs> no. <laughs> Chelsea, you know. Um, we have beef with them, though, so I think... Yeah. Like, Pep will tell Holland, bury them. Like, I don't even want to play a good game with them. Just score four today. And Holland might oblige. So I'm going to say we win that, too. I think it's I think it's very important for Arsenal to keep Man City from even threatening the invincible season by getting that win. 
So I want see I see here's what I narrative. want to happen. That's going to be the narrative. I want the post because our second match is like I, I already went and checked. It's late April, so I want this first um, tie to get pushed way back so that we don't play each other until super late in the season. I want you to stay in first place by virtue of maintaining this excellent form, but I want us to stay unbeaten. Like yeah, we pick up some draws <laughs> here and there, but I want you guys to be top of the league while looking at Man City's record. Like stop, stop it now with no ability to give us that loss until late in the season. And then both of those games would be pretty dynamite with Arsenal trying to stop Man City from a potential unbeaten season. Look at us thriving in the, in the, in the Premier League. It's fun. I'm glad to have you guys up here with me, man. It's lonely at the top, but when I got my, when I got my friends at the top of the table, we know we can, the friendly banter is just so much better. I got my oxygen mask on. It's been a, it's been you know, a minute since thin, I've been up man. this high. The, the air, air is so super thin. thin. <laughs> you gotta like sip, sip slowly, sip slowly. <laughs> yeah, I finally got my hands on that uh, all or nothing. Mm-hmm. The, the Arsenal show. It's good. It right? should just be the Mikel Arteta hour. I don't care about nobody on the team. Just show me the <laughs> halftime speeches and just get out the lane, dude. That that's it's what's happening in my brain before I do stand up. Him drawing on that fucking oh my god when stick he draws figure, the man. heart. And yeah. the brain holding hands, and yeah. then he's pointing to it, and he's hitting, he's hitting the whiteboard with the marker like real hard. Guys, when the brain and the heart are together, nothing can stop us. It's the passion, guys. I, I got it. When he takes the, did you get to the one where he takes the light bulb out? No. What? No. I, real, I, I, like I don't want to spoil it for you. Do it. Don't do it. He's, oh. he's, he, goes, he goes like fucking like carrot top, like prop comic with it. Don't spoil it. You're, you're, you're actively watching, right? I, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, well, I'll nah. just say, you know, Arteta, um, he's had his doubters. I've been one of them at, at certain points. I was like 40% Arteta out after last season. But after seeing All or Nothing, man, it, it only took one or two of those speeches. And I was like, <laughs> I die for this guy. Yeah. I die for him. I heard a speech. Uh, I found out his wife was hot. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in. And now I'm the in. on-field product re- reflects, I'm in. Uh, you know, how, how good you feel about it. And I think they got a good, uh, they've, they've got good personnel. Edu as the, as the, you know, the talent acquisition guy, there's that moment where, I don't know if you got to this part of the, of the, um, of the series yet, where, where Aubameyang is going through the, the kind of like little drama and turmoil. Yeah, yeah. He's not showing up. They have to suspend him. He's not, he's breaking team rules, et cetera. Then all of a sudden he's in, Barcelona. Yeah, he just he flies out on his own. He flies out there, and and Edu's talking to uh to like the Barcelona people, and the Barcelona guys is like, well, uh, uh, Aubameyang is he just came out here for vacation and has nothing to do with us. <laughs> and Edu's like, oh, I see, we we're just in a Disneyland world now. I get it. Okay, we're so we're just imagining <laughs> things in a fantasy land world. Okay, I understand. You love to see that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I guess now. We must talk about the Mets. The Mets, who are in first place for all but <laughs> five minutes of the season, have now been eliminated in three games by the San Diego Padres, who I think we all said at least it's the Padres. They should beat the Padres. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't beat the Padres. <laughs> there might have been. Listen. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you watched the Mets. <laughs> I, I am sorry, too. I'm sorry that this I'm is sorry. my life. The, Joe Musgrove, p- 
pitched the game of his life yeah. was unhittable. Crazy stuff. To the point, spin rate uh, jumping above everything that he had averaged over the course of the season, every pitch, spin rate was significantly higher. It's funny that we rule out that he was just like amped for this start. Mm-hmm. And like maybe just brought it. Maybe he just realized this is a two-or-die <laughs> game. Sure. <laughs> Does that, I guess that's. Nah. I, okay. I guess that's a nah. thing that can happen. Nah, some major league two shit. Nah, dude. He was yeah, nah. So apparently, you know, the people who are you know with the with the access to the, the high def slow motion cameras somewhere in the in City Field. We're counting the spins, and then they went to Buck, and they were like, Buck, you got to go. His ear's real shiny also, so will you go check it out? Uh, and they went out to the mound. Buck sent him out to the mound, and they touched all over Joe Musgrove's ears and his glove. And I'll just say this, <laughs> Joe got away with it. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, they, they said maybe he's got icy hot on his ears or something. Listen, he's got severe <laughs> eczema yeah. on his one ear. And he put some extra Aquaphor because he knew he was at work and he couldn't put Aquaphor in his pockets. Some cocoa butter. He killed us. And then we got Manny Machado clowning the whole fucking squad, clowning Buck Showalter afterwards. Clowning. It was, it, it, it hurt. And I'll just, I mean, you, you brought it up in the, in the pre-pro Jamel. Mm -hmm. What turned this here? What, what poured ice cold water? On the Mets' hopes, they th- they threw Nathan Fielder up on the up on yep. the jumbotron. Big mistake. And that that iced it. <laughs> Huge it mistake. Iced. Huge mistake. The guy having the worst time. I mean, he looked like he was there at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody make that face on a jumbotron ever in my life. Just off screen was Fran Lebowitz. <laughs> Pointing a hammer at him. <laughs> Pointing a hammer. I'm sorry, that's I. The vibes of City Field like, last night were were not good. They were, tragic. they were very bad. Yeah, tragic. I think is a great word to describe it. But here's what I'll say, Jason. I I don't. You say it's the Padres coming into this. You're like we the Mets can at least beat the Padres. You you tell a team, you tell any team that they have to win two games at home uh, to move on. They should feel good about that. You tell the Mets that. You're right. With the ace pitchers right. that they have, one of whom showed up and did what he does and one of whom shit the bed to a historic right. scale. You're right. You've got You're to right. be able to go into that matchup against anyone. If the Dodgers put themselves in a position where they had to play a two-game wild card in City Field against the Mets, they should be eliminated in that two games, right. in that three-game series. Scherzer absolutely sold the entire season. Like the whole Mets team put themselves it's in that very, very in, in that uh, wild card round by failing against the Braves late in the season, mm-hmm. but it is it was on the two of them to get them into the DS. And Degrom did his thing. Scherzer did not. I was at the game uh, Yankees Mets on Scherzer's 38th birthday. He put us in the ground. It w- it was very unpleasant to watch. Eight innings as dominant as I've ever seen. Well, you can't lose on your birthday. <laughs> but wow, was he terrible in game one? That that was the whole season right there. It's hired gun, man. It's not to be trusted. Now DeGrom won't discuss free agency. I mean, it's just bad vibes. Bad vibes right now. And you mentioned like the the, the feeling, the attitude at City Field was not great. The crowd was not I, I, giving the, the team much. I mean, 
first of all, the crowd was very supportive for most of the game until it went to like, when it went to like 6-0, everybody, it died. It, people started leaving. But like, that's to be expected. Like, give somebody anything. There was one hit. Yeah. We couldn't hit Musgrove. We couldn't hit him. I had Mets fans at anybody. that game, though. There was nothing to filled. be excited like, about. Like, you've got to be packed to the brim and roaring. That's what, that's the job. It's the whole season on the line. And even the Mets fans in the building that gave me firsthand accounts were disappointed in the output. People are, you know, I, 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 I understand that perspective, but also like they're, you know, they don't pay yeah. me $60 million a year to cheer at the fucking I'd say, stadium. Like one, Pick it up. Start, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one, like, you know, Max, Max Scherzer's uh, trick bill, I think is like the thing we need to look at now. Also, I mean, do you guys have any umbrage with a three-game series deciding a, a season for a team that won 101 games in the regular season? It seems like. No, because that's what it is. I mean, the wild card is fun usually. But then just do, give me a one-game playoff then if it's going to come down to just this this kind of quick trip. I mean, yeah. I, I preferred the one game. When they did the one game playoff, I was happy with it. Yeah. I think that I, the I preferred three the game one game also, was a bit yeah. much, and it it hurt the Mets here because, well, actually, no, they started Scherzer and they would have lost. But maybe if it's just one game, they start to ground. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Win the series. Everybody yeah. <laughs> knows this is what it is. Fucking, uh, fucking, don't don't get yeah. curb stomped by the Braves yeah, to fucking end good. your season. You know what I mean? Get the bye. Close it out. Fucking close out the season. You go into that series knowing we can lose this series and still win the division. <laughs> they only needed yeah. one. They, they yeah. tied. They tied in record, and the season series was 10-9 Atlanta. They won game, and they couldn't do it. So in that sense, they got what they deserved. It was fucked up. Uh Shall we talk preseason basketball? <laughs> Jordan Poole looked good. <laughs> no ill effects. Rebound. Shockingly okay out there. <laughs> he was doing his thing out there. He might have just, like, taken a punch and picked up a bag. So I feel good, too. Uh, your thoughts watching Jordan Poole uh, dance on the on the Lakers last night? Well, that is again the Lakers who haven't <laughs> won a preseason game in, in six years. So. Uh, That's actually true. Yeah, That's is. a crazy yeah. stat. So it's like I mean, a little concerning, part of it, no? <laughs> you know what I like about that game? Kendrick Nunn played. He's alive. He's on the court. I didn't. We didn't see him at all last year. He's a decent ball handler. He's a good, good defensive wing. Anthony Anthony Davis. Anthony Af- Davis. Af- you know, um, looks healthy. Afro midseason form. Um, like, there's a lot to, to take from that. I thought the AD looked really he, good. Uh, he like he tweaked his ankle and stayed uh-huh. stayed with it. <laughs> Nothing happened, which is a great sign. Is he still wearing low tops? <laughs> is he still wearing Kobe? I think I think he's got some mids now. Yeah, yeah. They are yeah. kind of like a mid top. Yeah, yeah it's like a, he's yeah. doing mids. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's learning. Just I, add a little. <laughs> Listen, preseason doesn't matter, but also like you do have to kind of win one, don't you? Like at some, like it is a little concerning though, isn't it? On the other side of the spectrum, though, the Knicks are like the kings of the preseason. They go yeah. undefeated or lose it's one true. game every year, and you're like, oh crap, the kids look great on our way on to the seasons that we've gone on to have. So preseason doesn't matter. I mean, LeBron, I, I love the, uh, the the line that he had out in the media last week. Like, yeah, I think I want to play more preseason games. It's like, Bron, y'all never win because you never play. Just leave yeah, it He away. was out last night. Um, He's always out. <laughs> I think you just need to not start a fight with your teammates. I would be more <laughs> concerned with that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. 
I'm wondering what Steph's going to look like this year. I had a um had an auction draft last night, which on a side note, death to auction drafts. You don't like them? It's just a fucked up psychology, man. Because it's like, it's pretend money. But people are like, I, I want to see my <laughs> friends go bo- broke. I want to see my man be poor. Like, what what's is going on here? What's the so? What's the bank to start with? And then what is the, what was what did you lay out? For it's like too real. It's too much like real fucking basketball. The yeah. amount of money you have is always shifting because there's keepers. And then if you kept a motherfucker from last year, they got to tack on a ten percent increase wait, wait, in wait. fake pretend money. So I don't wait, even remember what I started. If with. you had the guy last year, yeah, you can keep him. You can keep a guy, but you, pay you, for him. you paid a 10% premium, but you have to add a, <laughs> so you get Ben Simmons for free. I got to put 10% on my no money. And it's also pretend money. I don't know. What From saying, the right? outside perspective, the objective perspective, I feel like, you know, if I, if I've got Giannis from last year, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just going to hold on to Giannis. Like, no one has a shot at having Giannis because I have him. I'm just going to activate that keeper. If you 10, 10% seems very reasonable. It's almost too reasonable. <laughs> it's like I'm really running a real basketball team. I didn't sign up to be a goddamn actual GM. Like, I got to fucking put a suit on to do this. That, isn't that where the sense of accomplishment, once you yeah, win, comes from? That is true, though. <laughs> I do. I, I, I will say, like, one of the things that I like about fantasy is just when it's super, like, dumb and easy. I just pick the guy. I don't like, you know, I, it's like, that's it. I look uh-huh. at some of the stats a little bit. I go, oh, is he going to play tonight? I like him. Because, the, you know, for me, it's like gambling. Let's face it. You can study as much as you want. That doesn't mean you're going to win. So I prefer to just be like, fuck, I'll flip a coin. Let's go. That's Which just me, though. about that's as accurate. It's about as accurate as really trying. And then people are always mad at you when you auto-draft. It's like, yeah. the computer is smarter than me. I've seen people auto-draft in some great situations. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're at a point right now in our society where I think we can all admit that our computers know more than we do. About us. We set it up that way. What am I supposed to do? Now, I don't know if you watched Draymond Green's apology. Yeah, I saw some tids. Uh, I think tonally, the emotion comes uh-huh. through. It's very clear that he's sincere about his apology and I thought the Warriors handled this about as well as you can handle something considering that it would have been uh, you know handled internally had the video not leaked et cetera et cetera that said it is really funny to be like man I'm sorry to Jordan how embarrassing it is to his family that I knocked him out like that his family had to see his mom his dad laid out (laughs) at the end at the end of my fist just like going to sleep like that that was my takeaway too. Like, I mean, I, that's, that's more dude. beef. That is absolutely <laughs> more. It's just another layer to it. It's like, yo, you, you mentioned my parents like, <laughs> in the apology. <laughs> Why are you talking about my mom and dad? Yeah, I'm like, is who it? is Jordan Poole's family? Do you know them, Draymond? Is this why this happened? Here's the question, though. Uh, Sign and trade, Julius Randle, Draymond Green, right now, would you do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Look, in one, in a it, heartbeat. And and I feel like it makes sense for the Warriors too. Right now, you've got a can you've got a cancer no, on your team. It doesn't make you've got sense. a cancer <laughs> on your team. You got, it doesn't make it you, doesn't you make can't a stay now. He's got to go. <laughs> KD went for less. <laughs> it's but, I I mean, if Draymond's off the Warriors, I mean, who's like? I think part of why the Warriors win is because 
That's you scared, what those scared of him. <laughs> sock you in the face. The uh-huh, other team is also afraid of him. Comes from. Yes. And the other thing is, I mean, you look at is I don't have them in front of me, but his on-off numbers last season and for essentially every season that he's been in the starting lineup are significant. Like, there's no question that he is a big factor in why they win. His, like, his telepathy with Steph and with Clay, but, you know, but with Steph, most importantly, is, like, it's insane just the way he knows how to get stuff open and the fucking... uh, On top of all the defensive shit that he does, yes, he can't shoot. Yes, he's annoying and... (laughs) punches his teammate like hard for no reason but he is like a huge part of their culture he's he's why they win they wouldn't have won last season without him julius randall <laughs> would make them actively a lot american worse. dream i just i wanted to get so toxic that they feel like they've got to bite the bullet and get what they can get for him i mean it will be interesting to see what happens the way everybody is you know i you know Draymond said it's the, the contract situation, the fact that the that Warriors clearly have to make a decision about who to pay between Wiseman, Poole, and Draymond Green. Uh, and uh, this is on top of the fact that this team is spending money in a way that is, that is fucking unsustained. They can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draymond said that that was not an issue, but, you know, like, it feels like it's got to be some sort of an issue. I think maybe. I think maybe when the guy who might get a deal over you, you try to put him through a wall like Tekken. Yeah. <laughs> like full Tekken. Like the power, I think like a little, the power yeah. attack Tekken, not yeah. even just the quick attack. Like you yeah. hold down the button. Rage you drives. You punch him, but then he tries to Big hold time. him up on the wall as if to say like, oh, dog, are you okay? <laughs> like right after he hit him. It's like, no, you're the guy that hit him, dude. You, you put him there. Um, but he's, he's complicated. And at the same time, who has not been there though? Like as a, you know, where you just let it go and the <laughs> uh-huh. fist is like, yeah. And you, oh, that shit. little voice yeah. in your mind is yeah. like, man. He contains multitudes. And to help us unpack all of this is a Warriors expert, Anthony Slater, Warriors insider for The Athletic. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Tom, we need to have a serious conversation. Is this about the Hershey meeting yesterday? Because I can explain. Well, unfortunately, that meeting and most of your questionable behavior is beyond explanation. I'm not going to defend myself. I've tolerated plenty from every one of you. John, there's no need for defense. This isn't a trial. The verdict has been reached. So what time did this meeting start? We think it's best for you and the firm if you take some time off and regroup. How much time? A few months. But the holidays are coming. That will take up most of it. I want a return date. We can't give you that. You all agree with this? Try and see it from our side. The Golden State Warriors are one of the most fascinating teams in sports writ large. They are the NBA champions, and they've uh, broken salary records. Uh, They're paying more tax on their contracts than anybody ever in league history. Uh, They also have hard decisions to make about how to dole out contract extensions for Jordan Poole, for James Wiseman, for Draymond Green, who recently punched Jordan Poole real, real hard in the face Mm -hmm. to help us uh, figure out what's going on with the Warriors. Uh, We're welcoming Anthony Slater, Warriors insider for The Athletic. Anthony, welcome to Take Line. What's up? What's the hardest punch you've ever ate? Uh, I mean, my brother, like not not much. I mean, kind of yeah. more mush type punch, you know, like yeah. not a slap, but certainly not like bare knuckles directly to the jaw. <laughs> a mush, <laughs> a mush though could be a lot. One time, I I have yeah. been mushed. Yeah, I have accidentally mushed someone at a party. Back, you remember the Heisman song? Do the Heisman on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing the Heisman on my own, and then somebody walked in oh. to my Heisman like hard. It was like a medium. It was we wasn't. It was like still. Um, it was like midweek reps. It wasn't like game day. All right, but we weren't. It wasn't exactly a walk. I feel like that could hurt like the neck more than like the place that you directly impact potentially. That's true. I'm certainly it didn't. It, <laughs> judging by uh, last night's uh, Lakers Warriors preseason game, it did not have any effect on on Jordan Poole. Is there any uh, you know Draymond and others within the Warriors organization have have decried the leaking of the video and and the Warriors have announced that they're going to investigate how it was leaked? Is there any kind of is there any kind of suspicion about how this was done yet? Are the Warriors one of these teams that use like a third party to to run their cameras and such? Yeah, I mean, there's there's every type of suspicion. That's kind of their issue right now is like there's like fingers pointing up in the organization, down to the side. (laughs) You know, everyone is wondering who's like, you know, what motive could this be? Um, You know, and there's even like, was it a security footage, you know, because they have security cameras all over Chase Center? Or was it Mm -hmm. their third party, which they do have, which you mentioned, I believe it's called Key Motion. Uh, that kind of tapes their practices. So let's say they have a scrimmage, they can go back and kind of look at some of the film. Uh, and from my understanding, people in the organization, they could tell that it is like their practice footage, which means it's more inside the house. Whoa. Which should make it easier to like solve, I guess you would say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the, it was a really big deal. And I, I know there was a lot of, you know, you mentioned the, 
decrying from from within the Warriors. And I do understand the criticism, like, hey, like, why don't you deal with the guy that just, you know, yeah. punched Jordan Poole in the jaw? Um, and they are dealing with that, right? He's away from the team. But, <laughs> like, you can tell even when the video was released, every conversation I had that day, it was like they were much more interested in how this potentially got out and what it just meant to, like, the distrust level that was suddenly permeating through the organization. Yeah. What are the odds the the person who leaked the video gets a harsher punishment than Draymond? I mean, I think a firing is like right likely if it's solved. Yeah, they it go. needs to be solved, and like I don't think Draymond's going to be fired. Although there are kind of you know, well, yeah. You, I mean, a trade would would that be considered a firing? And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but um, I, I, is it possible? Like, let's say the the Warriors come out hot, they start the year like. <laughs> 12 and and two or something, something super hot. And you're looking around like, I mean, maybe we could get rid of this guy. Is that even something that's on the table for them? Well, I, first of all, I think he's going to be back for that. I don't think he's about to miss yeah. a, a bunch of games. Uh, also, I just watched the, you know, game last night where Anthony Davis just like pulverized Kaminga and uh, Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, they kind of missed Draymond. Like, I know, I know it's like 20 <laughs> preseason minutes, but there, and again, when you're talking to people right now, Everything is qualified. Like they're extremely upset with him. I've never seen them more upset with Draymond in this than this situation. But there's always like the would be nice to win a fifth ring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there's no belief that they're going to be better without him. They're just deciding right now, like, is it worth it anymore? Has he crossed too far of a line? And also, like, you know, me and Marcus have laid this out a ton over the summer. Like these colliding yeah. contracts have made it so they kind of need to figure out the future without somebody anyways. And he's kind of raised his hand with this punch. Like, you know, maybe it's me. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So the warriors uh, are spending money. Like they're printing it over the last several seasons. Uh, and obviously it's worked out. They won the championship last season. Uh, and, but now it's time for hard decisions. They have to pay some guys that includes Draymond and Jordan Poole. They have to make a decision about, how this money gets divided up. And at least from Draymond's side, he has said, oh, that had nothing to do with it. The money has nothing to do with it. But you have to imagine that that is some kind of like constant, you know, th thing in the background. It's under the surface of everything right. going on. It's the story of this team right now, which is, you know, everyone is getting too expensive. And it is always, Joe Lacob is always outwardly, you know, portrayed this idea that like there is no tax bill that is too high for him until this past off season when he literally said, no, nah, we can't go over 400. I mean, but he didn't say exactly 400, but he kind of intimated that like, that's kind of a hard line. And they've sat in the high 300s. It was a record last year. Like we're talking NBA yeah. record bill last year. And they're pretty much equal to it this year. And then Jordan Poole, very, you know, and it's been obviously very positive to them, but he's played himself from very cheap 28th overall pick to suddenly, you know, Tyler Hero yep. money, you know, we're expecting maybe coming down this week, which is going to end up being around 30 million. That spikes the tax bill like another 150. If they did sign everyone and under the cap, they could legally. We're talking about a tax bill that goes into like the 550 million for a guy who's saying he doesn't even want to go 400 million because they would lose so much money. Um, so that like, you know how the NBA works that everyone's looking around yeah. going, well, somebody's sacrificing here financially. Um, and then egos get involved, statuses get involved and, you know, history with the organization gets involved where I, you, right. I understand the Warriors 
you know, I guess prioritizing the young 23 year old rising guard who looks awesome. Right. I mean, he looks like, uh, uh, you know, in, in some ways, Steph Curry 2.0, not to that level, but, but a similar uh, efficient hub and Draymond Green is the aging veteran. So I understand wanting to pay pool, but what if you're Draymond Green, you know, Jordan pool chipped into one title. I'm like what yeah. second, third, fourth, most important person of this dynasty era, which is the entire reason you make all this money. As you say that, I picture you swinging hard at my face right as you finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look, like you said, it just it sits there. Yeah. So because Draymond was the guy for all of these rings, I imagine there's not a divide in the locker room. There's not like Draymond guys and, and pool guys. You got to just you got to go with the dynasty. But I'm interested in the. The reports that came out before the video came out that was like, well, Poole was acting different with the contracts coming up. Was that like a thing? Like, was that Draymond getting that out to the press? I mean, we reported the initial uh, thing that happened. Uh, I didn't, you know, I never reported that. I mean, what I would say about Poole, I've been around Jordan Poole. To me, he is not acting different. He's acting the same, which is like brash, young, confident dude. Yeah. Came in the league, like chucking step back threes, even though he was like worst rotation player in the league too. That what's changed is the status has changed. He is now who we always thought he was going to be. And he is now about mm-hmm. to get paid. Like he always thought he was going to be able to get paid. And that just changes the way you look at some of the comments he might make, right? It's like, um, it, it changes the way you, you know, oh, younger brother, really confident. Oh, it's fun to like now, like, oh, no, he's about to get the contract that I want, essentially. And I'm not saying this is yeah. is what was actually conversed in the situation. Right. That That isn't what's mm-hmm. happening. But that is just the, the dynamics at play. And, and, and again, I do not like think that pool has changed, but they and as Clay Thompson said it when we were in Japan, it was like. We, we like humbling him now. It's it's more fun for them to humble him because they, they they feel what's coming up under him. And it's not only Jordan Poole. It's the organization from up top saying, like, Jordan Poole is the, is right now, like, the, the highlight player of an entirely different era that we are bringing in under you that we want you to mentor who are your replacements. Kaminga, replacement for, for Draymond. Wiseman, replacement in the front court. Uh, Poole, in some ways, is, is the Clay Thompson replacement, you could say. So... It's a, it's a weird, I mean, it, it's, and it's ambitious from the Warriors to even try this, you know, um, and, yeah. and this is the kind of stuff that can come from it. Uh, you and <clears throat> Marcus Thompson, uh, your colleague at The Athletic, have, have written about a lot about, you know, just the response of the players and the coaching staff to this incident. And could you, uh, like, just kind of take us into why the Warriors – are so mad at Draymond. Like, what is it this time about this particular incident? We hear all the time of what players get in fights during the preseason, during training camp, you know, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr, like all these events that are kind of famous, like in the, in the lore of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, In a good way. What is it? What is it about this particular incident? That, that has the Warriors so upset. At yeah, look, Marcus wrote it really well in a column. I'm sure you're kind of referencing there. But yeah. first of all, Draymond Green's 32 now. This is supposed to be the mature Draymond Green who has learned from his past <laughs> fables, and he's the brand now. He's he's basically Charles Barkley's future replacement at TNT, who's already working there. Um, he talks a lot about, you know, growing 
And uh, so he was supposed to be beyond the blowups in general, even though like, hey, I got too mad and I said what I shouldn't have. But, you know, they deal with a few of those per year. Yeah. Um, this time he got physical, which is like, you know, he never punched Kevin Durant in the face. Um, you know, he argues with, with Jordan Poole a lot. They say some stuff, probably, you know, really both of them say some stuff they probably shouldn't to each other. But you can kind of get over words. This is this is a punch from a 32 year old. And then this is the big deal to a 23 year old who he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. as Marcus wrote, the protector of in that locker room. He's supposed to be the guy that if Jordan Poole gets in a shoving match during a game, if he's punching anybody, he's punching the other team. He punched the guy he's supposed to protect, uh, who is, I, you know, I don't know what the listed pounds of both of them are, but he weighs way more like he's he's winning that fight. That wasn't a, you know, yeah. let's do let's put it up. Everybody's seeing the video right now. That wasn't like a. Fair he uh, he leaned. I mean, he leaned into it. Jamel called it a Tekken punch. Like he, yeah, he went for it. Yeah. So, and there was plenty of people in the gym, and I, you know, you talked to them when the TMZ report leaked, and of course, people were like, "Whoa!" Now the public sees what the Warriors know, and it's like you talked to several people who weren't looking right at the punch because it wasn't some big commotion in the gym. Everyone's looking. Oh, there the punch goes. The the punch was the commotion. Everyone turned around after. Several people were like, "Eesh, that was worse than I thought it was." Um, so I think it's that. And, and again, all the, every time he does something, you re-remember his past and it's like, dude, again, and the time of the season, they're the, they're the favorites. This is the preseason. They're not like in a deep losing streak where tensions are high and like somebody exploded. It's like, this is the chillest time of the year. Everyone's optimistic. They, they probably, you know, have a good chance at a fifth ring. And I think, you know, the Steph Curry's of that locker room are looking around like, you might have just ruined that. You may have just completely ruined that. Where do you think this ranks in terms of punches that Steve Kerr has seen? Well, he, <laughs> did you see his stat that he gave out the other day? No. Because he's like 20 no. fights. Yeah. He said he's seen 20, 20 plus, fights. Dead, oh, so I mean, 20, yeah. probably more. Uh, he said, in my 32 years, I've seen 20 plus fist fights. I would love to. I was joking with somebody afterwards. I was like, maybe once this dies down a little bit, can I do like a deep dive with Steve? Like, you know, best fight, <laughs> yeah. worst fight, best punch, you know, craziest yeah. aftermath. Um, I don't think he detailed those, but I assume it's up there. And that's the thing. A lot of people were like, would you categorize that as a fist fight or was that just like a kind of a knockout blow? Yeah, that was just a one just a one-off full full bar falcon punch yeah i don't know i mean it's up there though i'd have to think i've i will say this i've never seen a locker room so upset i know they've gone through stuff internally that we can't necessarily get all the information of but they're like sending him away from the team i don't know how they were really gonna let's say we don't they they help they hold it in-house so well and then hey uh where's draymond today i mean maybe you guys dealing with a personal thing i don't know Oh, he's got IBS. We, he'll be back. He's yeah. dealing with a long-term IBS. We'll get we'll get back to that later. We want to talk about the guys who are here. No, that's me. doing my- This is a Nick Saban thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, Warriors fans uh, in particular have been talking about like a, a, a philosophical split in the Warriors decision-making between like the, you know, the youth camp and the our guys camp, you know, as exemplified by, you know, Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr, potentially, right? Like it, it's been reported or at least, you know, surmised that Lacob would prefer to go in a more youth movement. Let's develop some of these young guys, see what we have. Whereas Kerr and others have said like, no, let's let's play our good guys and let's try and squeeze every last uh, bit of value out of these guys before they, they age out. Does this incident 
exacerbate that? Like in your reading of things, like uh, does this does this shift the balance in that discussion between youth and this aging core? I mean, I think it's like a flashpoint of of problem that again we've talked about sat under the surface because last year Joe Lacob could say, you know, the, the thought was maybe trade the draft picks, trade the young guys to get right. veteran help. They said no. They said, no, teach these young guys. But at the same time, we will pay our reporter. Uh, yeah, and we'll keep Gary Payton the second round. We'll get Bielitsa. We'll give you more veterans. And when it gets to playoff time, if you do not want to play the young guys, don't play them. Go win a title without them because Joe Lacob is a, like, I'm still paying. He's paying Clay Thompson's max. He's paying Steph Curry's max. He's paying Andrew Wiggins 30 plus. He's playing Draymond Huge. Um, why this is such a flashpoint is this is when it actually starts to feel like they're transitioning away from the dynasty, right? This is when it's like, uh, I, we know you two are up for an extension right now. We're going to deal with Jordan Poole's extension. And then, so to me, again, like I need to stress that that isn't what led to the punch directly, but that is what you're talking about is the story arc of at some point, these two eras, these two timelines, like it was going to start going that way. And really in the NBA, that usually comes down to money. And for the first time, the money is kind of shifting that way. And where does Steph fall in all this? I mean, they're never dealing Steph. They're going to let yeah. Steph play till he's, what, about 50, 60? Well, he's going to age well. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he could 41. He's probably still like a 32-year-old J.J. Redick or something, you know. I mean, <laughs> Del Curry was hitting threes. Del Curry was hitting threes until he was like 38. That family ages really well. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Hey, that's real, man. And, I mean, they really do. <laughs> You're seeing it right now, the importance of Steph Curry, like guiding a locker room. Um, and, you know, he's been he's been, I would say, surprisingly forceful in his backing of Poole and his kind of, you know, I guess, anger towards Draymond right now. Um, but, yeah, he's he's going to get paid until he doesn't want to get paid around here, which he should. And he's keeping himself, you know, I, I'd worry about Draymond and Clay much more than Steph. Yeah. Uh, he is Anthony Slater, Warriors insider for The Athletic. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. That's it for us. Follow and subscribe to Take Line on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out my pop culture and entertainment podcast, X-Ray Vision, which comes out every Friday. Jamel, what do you have to plug? Anything to plug? Hey, man, just the usuals. Uh, Airbuds. We're, we're back go. rolling. It's the season's on. And sorry, we love football. That's our we love NFL. And um, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Take Line is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Ryan Wallerson and Zuri Irvin. Our executive producers are myself and Sandy Gerard. Engineering, editing, and sound design by the great Sarah de Alaska and the folks at Chapter 4. And our theme music is produced by Brian Vasquez. Mia Kelman is on the Zoom for Vibes, and the vibes are fantastic all the time. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.